Welcome to Prima's 2021 podcast series. My name is Shonda Ragland. I am the Director of Education at Prima. On this Prima podcast, Cherie Lindquist and Paula Allen will discuss mental health of school personnel amidst a pandemic and COVID-19. Cherie is a clinical nurse manager at Company Nurse, and Paula is global leader, research and total well-being, and a senior vice president at Morneau Chappelle. We will also be joined by Prima's education coordinator, Taekwon Gilbert. Taekwon will moderate the discussion. Enjoy the podcast. Cherie, Paula, thank you for joining us today. Very glad to be here. What were some of the initial challenges school districts faced with COVID-19? Well, maybe I will I'll take that. And, and thank you for, for having us. This is a really important conversation. Really, COVID-19 has really disrupted everything. And in particular, it's disrupted our mental health. So with, when you think about it, with all of the change that's been going on, with all of the uncertainty, things are different, there's risks, there's fears, there's, cons- there's concerns. We still have that now. And certainly at the very beginning, we were in a, a, a pretty much a, a crisis state. So you know, basically all of us uh, have been impacted by, by COVID. But I really think that there has been a particular impact on schools and school personnel. We know that, you know, children have been impacted. You know, the disruption in the school process has really affected children in terms of their sense of stability and structure. Parents are concerned about what's happening. You know, all those factors have really been absorbed or had to be absorbed by school personnel because they're not only dealing with the things that they're dealing with personally in their own lives, but they're also dealing with the lives of others, and in particular, the lives of children. So there's that added responsibility about trying to make sure that the anxiety is smooth, that processes go well, and that at the, at the core of it, children feel comfortable and can attend and learn. So it's been a very big deal for this particular group. What is unique to the school personnel experience? Any stressors? So it's really a multifactorial situation with the school personnel. Anyone that is new in their career was definitely having a harder time. When we're new in our career, we're already wanting to prove ourselves, not knowing exactly how to do our job, looking for a mentor and kind of having structure. With COVID-19, they basically started on their own, working from home with all new experiences and no relationships with anyone to lean on for, for help. So those newer staff really had a different set of stressors. The more experienced staff could be at higher health risk and more worried for their health, would they be exposed or expose someone at home if they actually went into the school? In addition, they could have trouble navigating new technology. Many of us went to working on Zoom and had not before, especially in elementary age schools. It's not something that they were used to dealing with young children via the computer. Other staff besides teachers, counselors, administrative personnel, bus drivers, the cafeteria, janitors, each department is going to have a very, very different experience. Just imagine the janitors trying to clean things, already feeling stressed for their own safety, and now trying to keep the school environment safe. Everyone literally just is on edge, especially when it comes to kids. The parents are more concerned. They're frustrated. They're angry. They're worried. All different emotions than what they normally have when having their kids in the school system. 
So that concern is definitely being taken out onto the the school personnel, whether it's a teacher, a principal, that fear from the parents is being projected against those teachers. Prior to COVID, here at Company Nurse, we would see mental distress calls where teachers or school staff were unable to cope with things that were related to more of like bullying or coworker issues. Now we're getting stress calls with fears of exposure to COVID or adversity to new processes. They're having to spend all this time on the computer, eye strain, back pain, all of these things that were never part of their job in the past. We're getting a lot of statements that I think I'm going to retire. I shouldn't be a teacher anymore. This is all new for them and definitely not their normal. I'll add to that as well. I mean, with things not being the normal, you know, and and all this disruption, one would actually think that people would reach out for support for mental health more. But the human mind is very interesting. And when we're in a a period of time where we're in crisis, it just was, you know, very aptly defined by Sherry with all the changes, disruptions, all the things that we're thinking about, we get into kind of a, a very basic mode of being. So we're not necessarily taking care of ourselves the way we should. We're just trying to go day to day and, and, and survive and manage and navigate our way through and, and I'll figure out cues from others. And, you know, we're dealing with some things that don't, don't always sort of you know, allow us to have self care at the top of our agenda. So what we saw was there was a decline interestingly, in the call volume for employee assistance programs. And for those who are not familiar, employee assistance programs, or, you know, many call people call them EAPs, it's voluntary confidential counseling and support for a wide range of issues that's offered through an employer or through an organization, and the employees and members can access it free. So 24-7 to 365 days a year, just call and you'll have access to to support. So this is like the perfect support for this difficult time, and yet call drop volumes dropped because of the reasons why I mentioned. What's happening now, though, is that they are picking up again, and we are seeing an increase in severity because, you know, with, with any kind of health issue, with any kind of personal issue, you know, the longer you delay addressing it, the worse it gets. And that's what's unfortunate. So even as we're seeing people come back and and quite come back in in droves, actually, we're seeing an increase in severity. So it is really important that people don't further delay their access to this kind of support, which could put them actually further into a more of a crisis situation. Describe the experiences of students of different age groups and how these different experiences impact school personnel. Okay, maybe I'll jump in here for that one as well. I think, you know, what's important is that, you know, there's certain basic needs that we all have, and certainly children have those even a a little bit more. You know, a sense of predictability, control, connection, and purpose that we all have. And at different points in our life, we need that a little bit more. But children in particular get their cues from adults. And what we found in particular, for all children, but in particular with younger children, just Slight increases in the anxiety that adults are showing, in anger that, uh, or because of frustration that adults are showing. You know, they internalize that. They say they feel something is wrong. They actually feel it is more wrong 
than what it actually is because they need that sense of structure and control and they need to feel that life is okay. And when it doesn't seem like it's okay because the adults around them are not okay, that feels very scary. So, you know, what we've seen is we've seen some acting out behaviors, we've seen some behavior changes in, in young children. You know, they, they're not necessarily going to show as, you know, in the same way that adults do, but, you know, more obstinate, you know, not doing chores, you know, really just kind of saying that something doesn't, doesn't sort of feel right. And it's really, 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 really important that children, regardless of what's going on around them, they have a sense of structure. So whether they're being homeschooled or or schooled in, in the traditional setting or a combination of, of the two, time needs to be structured. That's the only way that a school can work. And it helps when parents actually have that structure as well. So there is a certain predictability about how the day goes. And if it needs to change, then you raise that. You have that conversation. You realize that something needs to change. You get your child involved so they have clarity. Like All of that is so helpful to kids. For younger children, again, that structure, you know, making sure that adults are calm when they're interacting with them is very important because, again, we've seen really, really a lot of acting out behavior because kids are feeling scared. And for older children, all of the same things are true. You know, they have the wherewithal to actually put more structure in their lives, make more decisions around how they spend their time. Very important that no child or adult spends their time only doing school and then nothing. You know, you need time for fun. You need time, you know, for activity and and, and physical activity in particular, creativity. All of those outlets are, are really important. And again, with the blurring of home and school, it's really important that parents get kind of coached on how they can actually help that child. Because if, you know, your life is your life, the hours in your day are your own day. You know, if you have that sense of predictability, that sense of variety, that sense of structure in your home life, it'll be easier when you're actually in a school mind frame as well. But older kids also, particularly when you're getting into the middle and older teen years and, and young adults, it becomes less about the parents. They need the parents. They need that structure but they really need connection with other kids. They need connection with their peers. So, so important that you foster that in the way that's possible. Outdoor activities, safe activities, like kids need other kids. They need, they need to feel that sense of belonging and validation from other children in order to feel safe and whole and healthy. So all of those things have been disrupted as a result of this COVID-19, and, but, but there are definite things that the adults around them can encourage to help balance that. Can you describe solutions, both general and specific, for addressing the mental health of school personnel? As we have already mentioned, the school personnel are experiencing a variety of stressors, both personal and work-wise. So it is really important that there's no confusion as to where they can seek help for better skills on how to deal with these stressors. It's really important that it's a clear and efficient process. As Paula mentioned, EAP or Employee Assistance Program, often staff do not know how to get in touch with those. Even though it's a benefit that is really given to the employee, they forget in that moment of stress. 
we're a year into this now, they definitely do not remember where that information is from. So they really need a clear, concise process on how to reach out and to be able to reach out from home. I'll add to that as well, Sherry. But actually, before I add to that, I really just want to iterate, reiterate what you said. That is so important, that clarity, because when you're in a state of upheaval, when you're in a state of anxiety, when you're in a state where, you know, you you just have more to do in life because there is more that needs to be done, as is definitely the case now with COVID for school personnel, it's very hard to sort of navigate and search and ask. So having that information readily available, reminded uh, to you in terms of how you can get support is so, so important. And that kind of leads to the thing that I will add to it is that it is important to sort of make sure that you're equipping people in all respects. So the information around mental health and practical tips that they can, they can use to sort of manage, you know, their own mental health if they see sort of changes in others that's concerning to them, how to manage practical issues, like even, you know, uh, how to how to manage Zoom <laughs> and, and, and make sure that it works for you in a situation that you're doing. The more you can actually give people in terms of information and education, the more that people that feel empowered themselves and in control themselves. And this is really what's important because what this disruption has done is really taking away our sense of control and giving it back to people with clarity and information and kindness really wraps around the world twice in terms of its value. From a risk management point of view, how will mental health of school personnel be addressed in the future? Well, it'll have to be addressed whether we like it or not. (laughs) Because this whole situation, I I don't want anybody to underestimate the long-term impact of it. We've seen a significant decline in the mental health of the working population. School personnel is being part of that and as a result of, of this pandemic. People who are at high risk or into crisis, moderate risk, we've seen increases in, you know, risky behavior and maladaptive behavior like, you know, drinking, et cetera. We've seen people who are at low risk just that have this heightened sense of anxiety. And, you know, again, when we're in this kind of shock period, we often don't see the impact. But based on what we're seeing, there's so many signs that this is going to be something that needs to be on the top of any organization's agenda, in particular that of of schools. We've seen that people are declining in their productivity and needing to work more hours and work harder. And that adds extra strain on them because, you know, their productivity is not what it was because they're distracted and drained because of all the mental health issues. We've seen people really, and this is really a big deal, start to think about leaving their jobs or professions because they really just are were traumatized by how hard it has been over the last several months and they want to have that separation. And that's a big deal for all of us because we all need educators. The society can't function without them. You know, absence because of that delayed care that people had. So remember I said that, you know, people were in a bit of a a kind of a frozen position and not reaching out and getting access to mental health care. Well, they also weren't getting access to physical health care. And not because it wasn't available, but they just weren't reaching out. So we are seeing evidence that some additional damage has been done. So I think a broader point of view, we absolutely need to prioritize mental health because this is going to disrupt us in a lot of ways, like the functioning of our organizations, costs that are borne by organizations. 
And on top of all of that, you know, there's heightened public awareness and even regulatory awareness of how organizations support the mental health and well-being of their people. So I think that accountability is going to be pretty, pretty, pretty strong. So how do you implement the solutions you discussed? So here at Company Nurse, we already have clients requesting employees have easy direct access to their employee assistance programs. Our nurses are doing what we consider a direct transfer into those employee assistance programs. The reason that is important is when you have someone on the phone who is already in a moment of stress and panic, to give them a phone number to then call someone else and start the story over again can be very stressful. And often they don't complete it. They made the effort to make the call initially. Then they feel like, oh, I'm okay. I don't really need to make this call. And then they lose the phone number or they don't follow through. We're sending these folks directly through, so there's no delay in care. And we're not depending on the employee to make that call themselves. You know, mental health distress is truly what I consider the next pandemic as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. As Paula has mentioned, we're seeing just a delay in folks reaching out. We know that this problem is there, and it's super important that you make it as easy as possible for everyone to get the care they need and not to be worried about seeking that care. Yes, and that that transfer is so important because it really speaks to quality. Like when people are in need, the quality of the support is important, and part of that quality is their experience. So having that seamless experience really helps people who are in great distress not to have to muster up that additional energy. They call one place and they get transferred. And at LifeWorks, once we receive that transfer, you know, everything is about that person in that moment. So what are they feeling? What do they need? Making sure that we understand that in a, in a very clear and empathetic way. If somebody is in crisis at that point, we make sure that they're, they're responded to in an absolutely comprehensive manner so they can leave that call and we can have that next step in a way that really provides value. There's been many people who literally have come to us and and through our discovery, we found out, you know, significant things that are going on in their lives and their minds, including suicidal ideation, which has almost doubled this pandemic. And they need to have that high quality professional who's going to take them to a point where they are safe. But the range of opportunities, you know, you know, everything from, you know, making sure that person has that next step in terms of counseling and providing them with ongoing support to also dealing with the things that are very real in people's lives, like practical concerns, whatever it is, we're there for the individual. You know, our purpose is to support their well-being in a very holistic way and That is what we seek. Whatever is getting interfering with, that's what we deal with. And we make sure that that person is safe, comfortable, and in a better place as a result of of the support that we offer, very individualized based on what your needs are. We have reached the end of our podcast. Thanks to our speaker and all of our listeners. Please visit the Prima website to hear other Prima podcasts, view upcoming Prima webinars, read Prima blogs, and learn about other Prima educational resources. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and our very own Prima Talk. Have an amazing day.